Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Full Power, where we lead men in ardently pursuing a loving God and help men live every day to the full in Jesus. So thankful to have my good friend Thomas in the studio today hanging out with us, and he's going to tell us his Jesus story and kind of what's going on in his life. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Thomas, what's up, man? Hey, just another day, beautiful day. That's right. Western North Carolina, you can't beat it. No, I love it. Moved up here from Alabama, and it is paradise. So uh, let me ask this, and this is out of a place of ignorance, so <laughs> feel free to correct my ignorance, but it isn't, isn't there a rivalry in Alabama that's pretty significant? And yeah. what side of that rivalry do you fall on? Well, I fall on the crimson. Okay. It's a uh, it's a bloody rivalry, but last few years has been dominant. So, it um, you know you had a, a former guest that is also from Alabama that that was on the other side of that, and uh, we're actually pretty good friends. And, okay, uh, good. So it, it makes it it makes it fun. It makes <laughs> it fun. But they have dominated us this year in basketball, and I'm glad this season's over with. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Long as long as we can unify on Jesus, right? That that's right. It actually it makes it fun. Yeah, it, it does. Oh, yeah, that's it good, does. man. That's good. Well, cool. Um, so we're gonna do a quick community update and fill everybody in on the small groups that are coming. So, uh, our first one is April twenty first, and that's a Thursday, and it's gonna be in Hendersonville. Uh, we're doing it over the lunch hour from about eleven to about twelve. So. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, spots are limited um, because of parking and logistics and stuff like that. So if you're interested in that, please uh, either email us directly, connect at wearefullpower.org, or you can actually go on the website and fill out to get more information or reserve your spot, et cetera. Um, and website is wearefullpower.org. So uh, check that out. Um, excited to have Brandon. Uh, if you didn't catch his show, it was two shows before this one. Um, he's going to be teaching, um, Fruitland Bible College graduate, awesome guy, loves Jesus, and uh, already getting super excited about building out curriculum and stuff like that. So um, check out his podcast and uh, um, get ready for those small groups. And then also, I talked about last week, but um, wanted to also reiterate that now on the website, we've got prayer request support. So um, it's all on a first name basis. So there's anonymity there. We just want to know your name to pray for you. Um, and you'll actually have somebody reach back out to you if you leave your email address and uh, we pray over all those requests that come in. So if you need prayer coverage or have a praise, something to celebrate, we'd love to celebrate with you guys too in prayer. So uh, send those along. Um, and then we're also doing the um, one-on-one stuff. So if you've uh, kind of in a place where you just you know, need a listening ear or you want to talk through something with somebody, uh, but a larger group setting isn't going to work, you know, feel free to reach out to us on there. We can do, uh, you know, Zoom meetings or any kind of virtual platform, Google Meet, et cetera. Um, or we can meet in person if you're local. So uh, that support's there for you guys if you need it. And I feel like I'm running long, so uh, I'm going to stop. <laughs> All right, Thomas, man, uh, thank you again so much for coming in, man. Do you mind praying us in? Let's do it. Dear Lord, we just thank you that, um, just thank you for your son. Thank you for Christ that, that gave it all for us. And, um, we're not worthy. 
but you are. And uh, we just thank you that, that you bled upon that cross for us and that, uh, that you're here with us today. We just ask you guard, guide this conversation. Just let it be uplifting and uh, reach the hearts of those men that, that need it the most. We ask this in your name. Amen. Cool, man. Um, so I, I want to ask you about what you're doing now. We're going we're gonna to skip all your prior life and history and go right to what you're doing now. I want to hear about the backpacking. Tell me about the backpacking. Oh, it's, uh, it, it started, you know, believe it or not, it did start back years ago. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so rewind back to 1998, okay. um, first time ever to go to Honduras. Um, God just rocked my world and went on a, on a mission trip and just kind of changed my life. First time internationally, uh, for international missions, I should say. And, uh, God just said, I need more of this and was given my testimony. I said, I'm going back to Honduras. I don't know when, but I'm going back. And just, just in that moment, just that impression. And literally four years later, I went back and did another short-term mission trip and God was there. God bless me. But back in 2016, I started, I met up with a, a team that goes in backpacks in Honduras and we work with local missionaries and we go from village to village to village, sharing the gospel, loving on the kids, all in pre-planting, pre-church planting trips. Mm-hmm. And it has just been an amazing experience because the way the short-term missionaries were, or were the short-term missionaries, we're kind of the attraction that draws people there, but partnering with local missionaries to continue to develop and spread the word, to plant churches, to grow disciples, man, it is just phenomenal. So let, let me let me ask you this clarifying question. So when you say local ministry min, missionaries, mm-hmm. is that actually indigenous people, like local people that are doing missions, or like other people from other nations are coming in, but that's their focus right no, there? No, it's locals. It's it's the native Hondurans. That's awesome that are there, and their whole purpose is to the missionary will plant that church. Mm-hmm. He'll water it. It'll be a home church. They'll disciple. They'll grow. And then usually there's a man or two men from that community that will then go into a two-year Bible institute to be taught scripture, to be taught how to minister. And then they will end up taking that church over to their village. And then the missionary will remove himself. Mm -hmm. It's no longer his church. He goes, disciples, and and does it again. Wow. And, and... So is that, I guess, with the training of the kind of the pastors to take over and stuff. So is that like a typically like a three year turnaround for a church plant ish? Um, a little longer. It can be longer. Okay. It just really depends upon how long it takes to get uh, the home church planted. Yeah. Um, so we may we may visit a village, and it may take one year, two years before that church really starts to grow. Um, really takes a a believer stepping up and saying, Hey, you know, sometimes, sometimes somebody gets saved while we're there. And, um, and then they just have that call to say, I want to host, I want to host in my home. And, uh, and then eventually uh, we've went back to villages where churches have been built. Mm -hmm. And it's just an, an awesome experience to be able to go in and worship in a place that 
several years before, there was nothing there. Yeah. And we're talking about remote places, the poorest region in Honduras, mountains, and sometimes you have to park a vehicle and walk miles. These teachers live in cities, they hop buses, they walk two hours to get in to get into where a schoolhouse is yeah. where they can just minister or not really minister to the kids, but teach the kids. We come in yeah. and have an opportunity and a platform to minister and uh, shout out to uh, Samaritan's purse because they, the, the operation Christmas Shoebox, uh, we get to give those out oh, and nice. what an experience, man, seeing these kids open up a gift that, that they've never received anything like it in their lives. And they just light up over some of the smallest things. And it is an incredible experience. Yeah, I bet, man. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, so when, I guess you probably do like kind of the same hike that these teachers do, you usually have about two or you do longer, more intense hikes. Um, when we're doing the hiking, it varies year to year. Um, because we're going from village to village. So we'll go whatever the, the closest or the most direct line is. Um, so it's trails, it's some roads, it's a little bit of both. And uh, you'll see different elevation changes. Um, there's roads that can connect these a lot of times, but you're talking about you're going around mountains. You're, um, so what we do is we these missionaries will pick like four or five villages that we'll go to and then they'll find the routes, the hiking routes. And then we go, we, sometimes we get in the morning, we, uh, we get up early and hike. Sometimes later in the afternoon, we go spend times with the kids and then do ministry, a service that evening. And, uh, we actually, um, roll out our, our sleeping bags and, uh, sleep pads in the schoolhouse and, uh, get up the next morning and go to the next one. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, um, like how, how many guys are in a group that, that go with you usually, uh, this last year, I want to say this year, 2020 or 2022, um, there was 10 of us mm -hmm. plus four or five Hondurans. Okay. And so it, um, it varies from year to year. This was the first year back since 2020. We were there, um, when the world shut down the last time. Yeah. You got you got a frog in your throat over there, man. <laughs> you, know, let, you carry on. People will hear you, but I'll, I'm going to get you a water. You keep, uh, appreciate you keep it. On, man. Yeah, so in 2020, we were there literally the year uh, or the, the very week that everything shut down. And it was, um, it was kind of a unique experience coming back to um, coming back to a different world that we were in. Yeah. And um, – you know, we were unplugged from, from technology and from everything. And then saying, Hey, we're shutting things down. We arrived back in the States, March 13th, Friday, March 13th, 2020. And they shut the border down on that Sunday, the 15th. Wow. And the planes were packed. Yeah. Uh, people were like, Hey, we know that this is our last opportunity to get home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we left, we're like, this is no big deal. This is, what's this COVID thing we're talking about? Yeah. And, uh, had no idea. Yeah. 21 happened, you know, now we're in 22 and we said, Hey, we're going, let's make it happen. Yeah. And, uh, we were very, very glad to, to be back into the mountains of Honduras. Yeah. 
Good man. Good. Um, so let's let's rewind even further than 1998. And uh, what uh, what kind of childhood do you remember? You know, when when did Jesus show up on the scene? And you know, give me that kind of narrative, that story of your life. So yeah, my my family kind of grew up. I grew up around the church. Um, my parents divorced when I was about nine or 10 years old. And I think that was kind of a catalyst for, for my family to, to have a wake up call. And, um, so about that age is when I accepted Christ into my life and was just very much a part of my daily weekly life from church to youth group to other things. And just started out making that decision, um, kind of, you know, I was just like every child. I, you know, had my sports. I had other things I was involved in. And in that 1998 era, or the, I vaguely remember that, I don't vaguely, I, I do remember this because I came back from Honduras mm-hmm. for the first time and God had laid it on my heart. I was playing football. I was playing basketball. Not only was I playing football, I was playing JV and varsity football. Mm-hmm. I was two-a-days when, when it was just regular practice yeah, and God just said, you got to give something up. You got to give something up. And I walked into my football coach's um, office in the field house. And I said, listen, I said, I, I love football. I love playing, but I have to give, I got to spend more time with my church, with ministry, with other things. And, and I, I have to give one of the two sports up and this, you know, playing JV and varsity at the time, I was like, I can't do it. And that coach looked me in the eye and he said, Thomas, he goes, I want you to know. He said, you're a great football player. He said, but I want you to know that time in the locker room is going to offer you more than any church can. He goes, I want you to think about this before you make this decision. I looked him in the eye and I said, you know, you've just made the decision for me. I said, I have to make a sacrifice. And so I did, and I got cut from the basketball team that year. Um, the coach wouldn't look me in the eye. He literally, um, <clears throat> he would avoid me at, at all costs, the basketball coach. And uh, I said, well, that's just the cost that you have to pay for making the decision. Uh, the very next year, uh, we moved and uh, tried out for a new basketball team in the new city. It was a... Actually, it was a it was a private a Christian private school, and uh, had an opportunity. Uh, this coach that was there, he had kind of made the news because he had won so many national championships as a football coach. I said, I want to go play for this guy. He he had promised God that he would coach at a Christian school if he was ever a head coach, and. Um, and he did, and he was at the school. I said, I'm going to go play there. And so we moved there, went to play, played football for him, and uh, ended up playing basketball and winning state championship. And it was just, it was like, God's amazing because you make that stand for him, and he's going to reward you for it. And uh, and it was a, an awesome experience. And a little plug about that coach, um, Jerry Stearns was his name, and they made a movie that he was the assistant coach in called Woodlong. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's an incredible, um, the Irwin brothers produced it and made it. 
and it's like the Remember the Titans type of movie. It is oh, yeah. phenomenal. You definitely need to check it out. Yeah, well, I definitely will. I appreciate that, man. I I, I will. <laughs> it, along those lines, though, I'll have to wait until after Lent because we made uh, one of the best slash worst decisions ever. <laughs> we gave up TV for Lent for yes. the family, and uh, yikes, man! That's uh, you don't realize, you know. We got little kids and everything, and and you know, not that we parent with the TV, but there are times where you're like, okay, you know, you need to go watch some Dora. Right, right. Daddy and Mama are just a little tired, yeah, ragged around the edges. So, you know, let's veg out in front of Dora the Explorer. But, um, yeah, all that to say, um, it actually has been hugely beneficial. Like, um, we expected, you know, God to show up and you know, some transformation. We expected good things, mm-hmm. but. Um, just the change that we've seen in the kids, um, has been so strong. Like they don't ask for the TV at all anymore. Um, they are cooperating more when they play, which for brother and sister that are very close in age, that's rare, at least in our household it is. Um, so we're very thankful for all that because, uh, um, it's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of having withdrawal, you know, I'm like, Oh want my shows i want my tv but yeah so anyway i will watch uh woodlong woodlong yep after after <laughs> after easter no that i tell you what the making that sacrifice uh for the short time is something we all need to do especially with things that are can be borderline addictive yeah and uh just making that saying okay hey let me check out from that for a period of time so i admire you for making that decision i appreciate it i appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad somebody likes that decision because <laughs> we, we, we go back and forth whether or not we like it, that decision every day. So, <laughs> but yeah, man. So, yeah. So, um, all that your journey in through sports and everything, um, what would you say, um, you know, were there any other like really pivotal, like God moments as you're kind of growing up journeying through sports, journeying through school, anything that just stands out? You're like, man, you know, that was a really cool experience. Um, you know, when I graduated high school, I uh, didn't know what was next. I had opportunity uh, to go to Bible college, and um, so I went to a non-denominational school and realized that it was somewhat affiliated with other denominations that I didn't grow up with, and it challenged me. And it says, why, why do I believe what I believe? Is it because the church that I went to taught me that? Is it because my parents believe that? Is it, and so what it, the challenge allowed me to dig into scripture and say, God, why do I believe this? It allowed me to search myself. I spent a year at that school and it was one of the um, probably most profound years of my life for scripturally and for biblically, like, why do I believe it? and allowing me to say, okay, this is why. And this was what I was taught, and I can't find that fully in Scripture. I understand why some people believe it, but yeah. this is... So I was able to to find myself in Christ, find myself biblically uh, during that time. So I ended up graduating from another Bible college and never, never called to full-time ministry. And uh, it was... Uh, you know, still in the back of my head was this short-term missions, um, 
this call to, to do things in Honduras. And it's just been one of these things throughout my life. This Honduras has just kind of popped back up, popped back up and God saying, okay, short-term missions, short-term ministry, figuring out how to work, how this all works out through my life. And this, this journey that we're on and I'm still figuring it out as we, as we go forward. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we're, we're never going to figure it all out this side of heaven. So I, I, I get that. And I applaud you for your obedience. It's awesome, man. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent. I don't know where Honduras is. Is it in Central America or South America? Central America. Okay. If I had to guess, that's what I was going to say. So <laughs> at least I can have some mental redemption for myself in that. Central America. Okay. So when you're talking about the mountains, is that the... Is that the Andes that go up through there or not? The Andes are in South America, right? I believe so. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim I know where exactly the Andes <laughs> are. Uh I don't even know if there's a specific range. Uh, I'm sure there probably is. Yeah. Um elevations uh are about seven to eight thousand feet mm-hmm. um at the highest. Uh we were at seventy two hundred feet uh for a couple of days on this last trip. Uh um, you have other peaks between five to 7,000 and we were at this particular location, uh, this year that you could see down into El Salvador okay. and there you could see this massive volcano, uh, that was probably about 30 miles away. And, uh, one of the Hondurans said, Hey, you see that view across from us. That's the highest point in Honduras. Now, whether or not that was actually true or not or if he actually knew, but yeah. it was higher than we were at 7,200 feet. So, yeah. But uh, in, in perspective, uh, we're in North Carolina, which has the highest point uh, east of the Mississippi at 6,600 feet, Mount Mitchell, something like that. I don't even know, man. I just, I just, all I know about that is that is the best drive to take my little Miata up. That's all I know. <laughs> I, 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 so a buddy of mine and I years ago, so before I even met Fernanda back back in my single days, um, we actually hiked from what is it? Uh Black Mountain Campground is the base, I think. So all the way from wherever the campgrounds are, mm-hmm. um, all the way up to the top of Mount Mitchell and back down in a day. And um it was interesting. It was a good experience. Um I was about fifty pounds lighter than I yeah. sit here today, so if I had to do it today, I would probably pass out and die. But, uh, yeah. So <laughs> it is backpacking. I've always said is a love hate relationship mm. because you hate it every single step of the way until you get to the top of that mountain mountain. And then you look out and it's like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Look at what God has created. Yeah. And over the years, as I've better trained, better prepared myself, it's not been as Difficult, you know, yeah. just getting into it, getting ready and preparing. Um, but we, I mean, this year we we had a couple of people that, um, because of life, uh, just wasn't prepared. Um, yeah. Didn't really think they were coming. Uh, they got sick right before. They didn't, you know, they bought backpacks. Like literally, never put on a backpack in their life, and they're doing this trip. And and the hikes, the distance wise, are not that far apart. But we did some 23, 2,500 feet climbs yeah. in, you know, a short amount of time. And that's, that's, it'll make you, 
It'll make you breathe a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, so tell me a little bit about family life. So what, uh, tell me about your family and then tell me, tell me what, what God's working on. What are, what does he want you to focus on with your family right now? Like what is the key driver for you as, as daddy and husband right now? You know, you know, we've been married for going on five years, my wife, Miranda and I, and we have, uh, we have a daughter that's, uh, that's 11. It's my stepdaughter. And then we have a 16 month old now and just being, living our faith out loud is really important, especially for the 11 year old that's seeing it. Um, you know, just making it part of our, our reality and in her life as well as, you know, Hey, we gotta be, we gotta be transparent. We gotta live this you know, in front of her and, and not. And, um, and you know, one of the things that, um, that I try to do regularly and I fell at it regularly too, is praying with my wife. Yeah. Um, you know, just making that time, you know, at night and saying, Hey God, my wife, let's just take this time together. And, and try to limit that the times that you miss it. And then keeping on and saying, okay, hey, it doesn't have to be this 20-minute prayer. Yeah. It can be short, but it's that time together, and it's the time of submitting yeah. to, to God with, with her. And, um, and that, that's, a, that's a challenge because sometimes you go to bed different times. Sometimes you're tired. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and that's something that, that I've just been working on myself is making that a routine. And when I miss it for a few days— Saying okay, let's let's do this again. Yeah, that's yeah. good, man. That's it reminds me of uh, Clint was on the show three or four episodes ago, I think, and and he really drove that home. You know, praying with your wife, and he made the point. I never really thought about. It. He said, you know, it. She's not deaf, so when you're praying with her, she's listening and she's you know learning about you. And same same thing, you're not deaf. Mm-hmm. You know, you're learning about her and stuff like that, and you know, just transparently, that's, um, that's a big, big challenge for Fernanda and I is intentionally carving out the time. Um, you know, we, and I'll try to make a distinction. We, we try not to live a busy life, Mm -hmm. but we try to live a full life. And what I mean by that is we try to leave margin. Um, so we're not rushing here, rushing there. And we don't try to say yes to everything. We try to be very strategic with what we say yes to no to. Um, so we try to live a full life. However, we still struggle to s- say no enough. And because of that, we don't have um, the time that we want to be able to study together, to do prayer together, and um, you know, I think that's, that's really a big challenge for us and an area where God's calling us to focus in on. So I'm glad that you guys, you know, even though you, you know, you've got those seasons hit and miss and, and that's, you know, there's grace for that. We're all human. We all mess up. Well, the other part of that is, um, and I think you hit on it or you, you didn't hit on it, but making the time to just be with each other, to date your wife, to, um, 
you know, that's an area that, that we get busy, especially having a 16 month old is, you know, we need that separation away from the kids to spend time with each other, to, to get away. I mean, we've not been away on a trip, just the two of us in, you know, over two years now. Yeah. And that was something before our, our youngest we did regularly. Yeah. And it's just like, man, COVID baby, these things, it's just like all of a sudden it's like, wow, we're in a different place and we're shorter with each other than we used to be. And, uh, and just trying to make that time and saying, okay, let me depend upon others for their, their, we need their help and watching, um, watching our, our child for a little bit so we can get some alone time. And, uh, and just just go out and have fun and smile and not yeah. worry about anything. Yeah, you know? I I hear you, man. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share some some good information or good wisdom, I guess, that uh, I tried to implement, and then I'll share with you how I amazingly failed at it. But <laughs> um, Keller Williams, if you guys are familiar with the real estate company, they uh, they also um, Gary Keller's very much about like productivity and being effective and et cetera, et cetera. And um, if you ever read his book, The One Thing, one of the things in there is he says, you know, you should go through your year and plan out and schedule your your time off. Um, and so I was like, that's great. You know, that's kind of a, kind of like secular wisdom, I guess, if you will. And uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, make it super spiritual. I'm going to have like retreat time for me and time for Fernanda. And we're going to have our, you know, our, our, quarterly, you know, little getaways and it's, it's just going to be all structured. And, and, uh, so that was going into 2022, you know, <laughs> great plans, great, uh, aspirations and, uh, look on the calendar and it's like, Oh, we're supposed to be on vacation this week. We're sitting at home. <laughs> no plans have been made. No hotels have been scheduled. Nothing. So I failed epically in quarter one. Uh, I have high hopes for quarter two. You, but, need to, uh, you need to move out that reminder a little bit further than a couple hours. Uh. <laughs> yeah, two-hour reminder. You're supposed to be on a one-week vacation right now. Yeah, yeah that's good, man. So anyway, I think that's good, um, good for us guys and exactly what you're talking about. You know, um, so many of us are, uh, you know, strategically minded when we're at work or when we're about whatever we do for our occupation. And then we get home and it's like haphazard. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, Oh, whatever happens, you know, the kids are crazy. Well, then we're you know, but when you have, when you bring that same level of intentionality, it doesn't have to be like structure, like mm, it has to be exactly like this. But when you bring that intentioned uh, focus to saying, this is something that our family is going to be about. We're going to be about praying together. We're going to be about getting in God's word together. When you say that and then you allocate the time for that and don't let anything encringe upon that time, that's that's when you start seeing really cool things happen to your family. Yeah, and I you know, I think we as men we fail at that continually. Um there's a uh, an author and a uh, consultant and leadership guy, the a guy named Patrick Leonosi. He does uh, some fun, he has some phenomenal books out on leadership. But he talks about that and he's like, you know, we 
we as men or we as leaders, we, we constantly have all these things in order at our office. We have our mission statement. We have all of these things. He goes, when we come home and we don't do that now, you know, I can't say that I have all those things and I have a family mission statement, all those things I don't, but it makes you start thinking that like, what more can I do? There's yeah. so much more that I can do and be more strategic yeah. with, um, with our family lives and, um, and realizing that, Hey, it's, it's a crucial part of our life. It's, but yet we take a backseat to, um, to who we think we are. And, uh, and a lot of times we, we tie ourselves as men to our title. Yeah. You know, who are you? Well, I'm the, you know, so-and-so of this company and this and that. And it's like, and, and that's, this God's rocked my world in the last you know, year or so. And just saying, Hey, that's not who you are. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're tied to that in so many ways. And, uh, and God has a way of shaking you up and saying, Hey, no, no, you belong to me first. Yeah. yeah. You're a child of God first and everything else is after that. That's good, man. And let, let me actually expound on something God has been sharing with me, like right as a tangent from what you were saying, you know, we, we as guys, we use these I am statements and God just kind of showed this to me. Anytime you say an I am blank, you're like putting identity in that thing. Like mm-hmm. I am uh, wow, my brain. I am a missionary. I am a pastor. I am a plumber. I am a lawyer. I am a doctor. You're saying this is my identity. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says our identity, exactly what you said, it's in, in Christ, it's with God. And anytime we use those I am statements, I mean, in English, it's just a limitation of our language. Right. We don't have another way of saying, I am other than I am. And we need to be cognizant of the weight that we give those, those statements so that we're not placing so much emphasis on uh, responsibilities that we have or occupations that we're about and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it really is at the end of the day, it is, I am a son of God. Mm-hmm. That's, that is the only I am statement that matters. You're, you're exactly right, but it takes sometimes a shaking of, of a man to, a, to their roots to, to realize that, hey, you're not a title. You're not your accomplishments. You're not the you know, college quarterback or yeah. high school quarterback, you know. Yeah. And, I, and you see it in deploy, um, you see it in movies and other things that, you know, this high school kid, you know, hit his peak of his lifetime and he lives in the glory days. Like, I don't want to be that person. Like, I never want to say, man, my best years were behind me and that's who I am. Yeah. Um, but saying, okay, God, if you need to shake my world, shake my world so that I can truly have my best years right now yeah. and uh, relying in, and that, and through being shook like that, God shows you that you don't depend upon certain things that you, but you truly depend upon him and that he will provide. And you have, as a man, I think we, we like to be independent. We like to rely upon ourselves yeah. and, and nothing else. And, and one of the things um, in my backpacking trip in uh, 2020, 
I'm an individual. I want to have everything. Yeah. I don't need to depend upon anybody. And uh, I was down, well, I'll say down, down in Honduras, but on top of a mountain, a dust storm blew in. I got all of these allergies that, that started taking place. And one of the guys had allergy medicine. I was like, can I have some, yeah. please? <laughs> and then the next day, can I have some, please? Yeah. And I was like, wow, I'm being dependent. I really wasn't being dependent. God was showing me that I don't have to be independent, that I can rely upon others. And that's in what we need as men is to rely upon each other and have this intradependence versus this independence mentality. That's good, man. That's good. And I'm glad you brought that up because we were, before the show, we were kind of fleshing that out and talking through that a little bit. And let me get your thoughts on this. Why, why do you think it is we as guys are so reluctant to ask for directions or so reluctant to embrace intradependence? What, what, what stops us? What in us is stopping us? What is it? You know, my, my thoughts is, one, we're not taught interdependence. Um, it's not something that we think about. Uh, we think that we're dependent and then we should be independent. And until it's presented to you that, Hey, there's actually a level above in independence is intradependence and knowing that, uh, Stephen Covey talks about it in seven, the seven habits and being intradependent is, is where we're actually helping others and they're helping us and it, it allows us to expand fully. But as men, we think that once we receive or we get to this level that we're independent, that we don't need anybody else and that we're, we're a man. Yeah. And I think personally that we take so many, so much pride in that of being, being a man, yeah. being on your own that we isolate ourselves and we may even feel like we're a little bit of a fraud because let's just face it. We don't have everything perfect in our lives. Nobody does. Right. And we oftentimes don't want to allow people in because they're going to see that, Hey, we're not exactly what we say we are. And so they're afraid of being found out and being a fraud and, and when we can get over that and say, hey, I have a brother in Christ. I have a friend. He may not be, he may not even be a Christian. And you lean on him because you need his help. You're showing, you're showing who you are as a person. And guess what? He's going to do the same thing. You're going to help them. And you're just going to build relationships. And, you know, Christianity is built upon relationships. But yet, as a man we pride ourselves on isolating ourselves and separating ourselves and, uh, and we're kind of falling right into the trap of Satan. Yeah, I agree, man. And I think, um, kind of in conjunction with that too, is <clears throat> kind of the idea of, you know, alpha versus pack mentality. You know, we've kind of been raised that, you know, there's the stereotypical alpha male and, you know, then there's the rest of us in the pack. And, uh, you know, that doesn't leave any room for interdependence or synergy or working together or accountability or anything. It's, it's a hierarchical structure where, you know, there's, there's the, uh, 
the um, archetype that people are supposed that men are supposed to like shoot to be like mm-hmm. um, you know the alpha male you've you're like you're saying you're independent you've got it all together um, you've got everything in your backpack you don't need nothing from nobody you can handle everything that comes your way and uh, you know I think I think that um, that really has done a disservice in um, speaking to the true nature of uh, biblical manhood because it does it does come back to intradependence and um, it's not it's not I'm alpha you're beta I'm pack you're alpha whatever um, it comes back to again identity so our identity is in Christ we're all uh, heirs with him and that's what unifies us rather than having this idea of hierarchical differentiation that separates us. So, you know, God's heart's for unity and um, the fact that we kind of have self-imposed that hierarchical structure, I think is a real disservice to us as guys, you know? Yeah. We're, we're not in competition uh, to each other. I mean, really we're, we're here to build each other up and, and, each other's success is our success and, but having that mentality and, and kind of getting away from it and saying, okay, Hey, it's okay to not be perfect at everything. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be the best at everything. And, and that's the reason God gives us each other is because I tell you what, if this brother can do it better than I can, he needs to be doing it. Yeah. I don't need to be wasting my time on it. I need to be elevating him and giving him what he needs yeah. so that I can get what I need to do what I'm good at. Yeah, I agree, man. That's good. That's good. Um, so we come to the point in our show where I ask in varying different ways and wording, but it's always about the same question because I'm not a scripty guy and, and I have a terrible memory, or I would ask it the same way every time. If you, Thomas, could give like one nugget of information, like what has God given you that, you would say is one just really key truth that guys tuning in today should really grasp onto and add into their world. You know, you, you put me on the spot and, uh, (laughs) and I was actually listening to one of your other podcasts not too long ago, a couple days ago. So I kind of thought that may be coming and for whatever reason, this thought just popped in my head, right, wrong or indifferent. This thought came in. So I've been, um, fortunate enough to spend some time with um, going to different conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, Entree Leadership is a phenomenal uh, leadership conference. Dave Ramsey, right? That's, that's yep. correct. And uh, I've heard some phenomenal speakers and leaders, world leaders. And George W. Bush comes to mind. Mm. Senior or junior? Junior. Okay. Junior. And, and we know him as being... He always screwed up his words. He always said things not exactly what, but he always said, he said, make fun of yourself before others. And he said, don't, don't take things too serious. And I think those are great words for us to live by as, as men are typically serious, but have fun. Yeah. You know, I'm viewed as a very serious person to most people. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's how I look at 
people, yeah. but I don't know. But in my heart, I like to have fun. Yeah. And so I've kind of made that as something for me is not take life too serious. Have fun. Remember that, yes, you know, work is serious. Marriage is serious. All of these things are serious. But if we don't intertwine having a little bit of fun throughout our jobs, throughout our marriages, other things, it will become, become stagnant. Yep. Um, we need to laugh. We need to be able to make fun of ourselves um, as George W. Bush did. Yeah. And, uh, and just, uh, you know, sitting back and, and listening to him speak a couple of years ago, I mean, it, it just, he didn't. I mean, he was the president for eight years. And uh, he just laughed at some of the things that he did and said. And I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, I, he, uh, I think, uh, I think history is going to smile very, or look back and smile on, on George W. Bush. I, uh, I was always a big fan. Yeah. Personally, you know, and uh, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Something, um, uh, sometimes God gives me little like sayings for usually just for me personally, but I'll share this one that, cause it goes exactly with what you're saying. Uh, he's, he's like, uh, you take yourself too serious and you don't take me serious enough. Yeah. And, you know, I think that kind of intertwines, obviously, you know, the idea of having fun and joy and play intertwined with, with life, but also the fact that we need to not just take, our life circumstances like our jobs and our families mm -hmm. and, and different responsibilities and stuff serious, but we got to take God serious. Yeah. You know, we need to be serious about spending time with him and in, in his word in prayer and meditation. And when we get serious about that, then the other stuff just kind of falls into place. Yeah. Um, because we have the nutrients, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it and the power, the power and the nutrients to be able to be the husbands that we need to be, mm -hmm. to be the daddies we need to be, mm -hmm. to be the, you know, entrepreneurs we need to be, the leaders we need to be, the uh, whatever capacity God is calling us to be obedient, and we will have the nutrients and the power to be able to do that. Right. Um, so yeah, man, that's totally awesome. Um, um, you said uh, good, bad, or indifferent. I'd I'd say good. I'd say good. <laughs> so I appreciate that, man. Um, so um mind praying us out yeah dear lord we we just thank you for this time thank you for the opportunity to um to just discuss you to talk about biblical manhood and uh thank you that uh, that you never give up on us that you're continuing to shape us and direct us and mold us and um in this journey that we're living help us to honor you and to be able to uh to just reach the heart of men and uh, and be able to just make a difference in our life and the people that come in, come in contact with us. We thank you. We ask these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Thomas, thanks again for coming on the show, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been fun, and uh, we'll have to do it again. Most definitely. Awesome, man. Well, hey guys, if you uh, want to connect with Thomas, uh, we've got his uh, email address in the show notes. So check him out. Drop him a line. Uh, find out a little bit more what's going on with him. And uh, if you're interested in backpacking, reach out to him. You might be able to get on, get in on one of those trips. And uh, as always, if you need anything else from us, uh, email address is connect at wearefullpower.org. 
And also the website has a lot of great material and resources on there now. So we are fullpower.org is there for you guys and uh, kind of good news. Um, we are literally on the final stage of getting our 501c3 nonprofit status. It is in the hands of the federal government. So uh, might might take a little while. <laughs> but anyway, we're very, very thankful that we've gotten to this stage. And uh, we know that God will um, move the paperwork through as quickly or slowly as he needs it to. So uh, be on the lookout for that. So anyway, guys, have some fun out there. You heard it here first um, from Thomas. He told you to have fun. That's your, that's your marching orders for this week. Uh, be good out there. Um, love your families. Love those around you. And uh, come back next time. And uh, we'll catch you then. Be good.